Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodhi and this is a podcast about Tesla. Well, mostly about Tesla. It's also about electric vehicles, which Tesla falls into, renewable energy, which now that Tesla bought SolarCity, you acquired them for $2.6 billion, also includes Tesla. Now, my name is Bodhi. I have to beg your forgiveness. It is really hard to do a one-person podcast. In the past, I've always done them with friends and you can bounce stuff off of your friends or your co-hosts. You can rely on them to kind of prop you up when you're stumbling. Not when you're only doing a one-person podcast. A lot of the time, and I've done three or four of these test podcasts for Kilowatt, I sound like an idiot. So if I sound like an idiot, please, please forgive me. I'm trying to figure out the one-person podcast. It's a lot harder than you would think. So at the end of the show, I'll tell you how you can be involved if you would like. Uh, for this podcast, and also, um, yeah, how to get in contact with me. But let's that's too far in the future, about 19 minutes in the future. These podcasts are going to be about 20 minutes. Um, I call these released, they'll be released on a Wednesday, Thursday, or a Friday. And the reason why is because my schedule rotates, and I have three-year-old kids, so I can commit not to one day, but I'll either release it each Wednesday or Thursday, or Friday, but it'll be released in one of those three days. So it won't be exactly on one specific day for release, but it will be once a week, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. And uh, lots of Tesla news today, but what I wanted to do, since this is the very first one, is I wanted to talk about um, Elon Musk's uh, master plan part de, sorry, Siri, come on, Siri, Part two, which is uh, 10 years ago, Elon Musk came out with a master plan for Tesla. And he said, these are the things we need to do to get to an affordable car. Now that the Model 3 is out, or not out, I'm sorry. Now that the Model 3 has been announced and is starting production, he came out with master plan part D or two, like uh, D, um, I don't know, there was a show in the 90s that did that? I can't... I think it was with Charlie Sheen. Anyway, it was a play on words. <clears throat> if you believe 
uh, Jason Calacanis, and I have no reason not to believe him. He was the one that suggested that. But, um, so this is what we got. Um, I thought we would talk about the master plan, and I thought we would talk about uh, the Gigafactory, which last Saturday I was not invited to because no one knew my podcast existed, and uh, I expect to be invited to all the other ones in the future, all the other Tesla announcements, which, you know, let's be honest, will never happen. Um, but, uh, yeah, so this is what I was talking about with the one-person podcast. Anyway, so I thought we talked about the master plan and then go into the Gigafactory, and next week we'll start into news. So the first thing is, um, like I said, Tesla came out with this master plan 10 years ago. Uh, Elon Musk wanted to create a small production of luxury sports cars to help finance the cars that would come after so the tesla roadster financed the model s the model s helped finance the model x the model x and s will help finance the model 3 along with you know about half a million pre-orders at a thousand dollars a pop but uh elon musk's reasoning for this and it's pretty sound is that no one's going to pay a hundred thousand dollars for a car that looks like a honda civic and that's what it's going to cost to run a small production of what nobody thought was going to succeed I remember back when Elon Musk announced the Roadster and announced Tesla and they, they said, you know, this is what we're going to do. Everybody said this company was going to fail. And so far, you know what? I think they've done pretty good. I don't know. I don't think they're profitable. But I can't, like, Elon Musk has made such an impact in uh, the world with PayPal and SolarCity and now Tesla and SpaceX it's really hard to argue with the guy like he has built up a lot of credibility. He said, this is what we're going to do. And it's getting done. Look at Hyperloop. Hyperloop is like this vacuum tube from, he proposed from San Francisco to Tesla to uh, LA. And it looks, I mean, there's like three or four companies that are doing this and they're talking to European countries, one in Russia, uh, one in like uh, Helsinki to somewhere else to get this pneumatic tube where basically if you know where San Francisco is and you know where LA is, you can get there in an hour, which is pretty impressive. So high rate of speed in this pneumatic tube, like you would find at your bank. So the part two of Tesla's um, master plan is to integrate energy generation and storage. So that means uh, the rooftop panels for Solar City, which I, like I said, they just acquired Solar City for two point six billion dollars. And the Tesla wall. I don't have a Tesla, but I do have a. I do have Solar City panels. I don't have Tesla wall, which is the battery pack for the house. But I don't. I'm not ruling that out for buying it. It's just got to get a little bit cheaper, and maybe with the Gigafactory that'll happen. So they acquired uh, Solar City with 2.6 billion dollars. But the overall goal for Elon Musk is for the individual to be their own utility, basically. And I don't know if he's wanting this to be off the grid or if he's wanting a way for individuals to generate electricity and sell it back. Right now what happens is I generate electricity because I have a lease with SolarCity, and I don't sell it back, but I get a credit every June. And then that credit carries me through the summer, which is good because I live in Phoenix and it's really freaking hot here. So that credit helps make my, the credit along with the solar panels makes my 
electric bill in the summertime a lot more manageable. Whereas it used to be, you know, 220 bucks a month, 260 bucks a month. And then, you know, by the end of the summer, you're paying 300 bucks a month. I, I think our bills are right around 70, $75 at the worst in the summertime. So I'm on board with part one, which is integrate energy generation, which is the solar panels or wind. He hasn't announced it, but you know, any clean energy generation with storage. Second is to expand the major forms of terrestrial transport. This is both, which is basically cars and other like trains, boats. Uh, he hasn't announced anything, but, uh, Tesla produces uh, sedans and SUVs now. They have the Model S, the X, and the 3, which will be coming soon, like we talked about. Uh, Milan Musk wants to create a compact SUV, which would be like a junior Model X. Um, I don't know if he's actually said this, but it's it's rumored to be the Model Y, so it spells sexy. And then a pickup truck, which, quite frankly, I'm on board with. The main reason I don't have a pickup truck uh, one is cost. Two, the second main reason I don't have a pickup truck is I don't want to pay the fuel prices for a pickup truck. I mean, for love of bananas. When I talk to my friends who have pickups and they tell me how much they pay for gas, right now gas is low and it's not a big deal. But when gas is high and they're like, you know, it's creeping up on three, four dollars a gallon and they tell me what they pay to fill up their tank, it's insanity. So that's the main reason I'm excited about a pickup truck. Um,. And Elon Musk said it's um, unlikely that they need a uh, car that's cheaper than the Model 3, which is basically saying right now in the cards, there's no car because the Model 3 costs $35,000. Right now, there's no reason to have a car under $35,000, which, uh, man, that's hard. Because to be quite honest with you, I could afford a $35,000 car. I could probably afford a $40,000 car, but that is way outside of my comfort zone. My comfort zone is probably between 25 and 30. So if they could get a car down into that range, I would feel way more comfortable. I would even trade off a little bit of range for that and some of the high-tech stuff that Tesla puts in their car. But it doesn't look like that's going to happen with Teslas. They're probably going to, I think a BMW starts, the BMW 3 Series starts at about 35000 $35, excuse me, dollars. And I think that's probably where they're going to keep it, Tesla, anyway. So, um, so that's the consumer stuff. Uh, Elon Musk uh, was talking about... Uh, man, I highlighted develop the software, but I don't know why I did that. Turning uh, production of the battery packs and the, and we'll talk about this in the, in the Gigafactory too, but the production of the battery packs and the car into a product. Make that a product that ramps up production for your product. So the first round Model 3 um, production will be considered like the production not like the car but the production will be considered like almost like a beta like a 0.5 release whereas in 2018 they'll be fully up and running it'll be a 1.0 release if you think about it like software that's probably what i highlighted up above because this you know my notes um another thing they're talking about is commercial victor uh vehicles which would be heavy duty trucks like semis which um 
that would be incredible. Not just the gas uh, or fuel savings, because some guys don't run on gas, they run diesel. But the fuel savings, um, but that would also be having the technology that's in the Tesla cars uh, to help avoid accidents. Um, that's fantastic. I, I'm a firefighter. I go on um, accidents, you know, car versus semi, not on a regular basis, but quite a few times a year. And it never turns out well for the car. Uh, not everybody dies, but it never turns out well for the car. Uh, those things are heavy. Uh, they have, they're very dense. They're, um, that's just a lot of mass to hit a passenger vehicle. So, or another semi for that matter. So just because of that, um, you know, we're saving on the environment hopefully with the, um, not using the fuel, but the better thing is, is the crash avoidance and maybe somebody, you know, who may not like something might happen where a, a regular driver might not catch it in time. The Tesla truck could actually catch a potential accident in time and save someone's life. And no one, the person in the car wouldn't even probably know about it. The other one is a high passenger density urban transport. Basically that's a van. Um, okay. Um, sorry. There's an awkward pause there. I have twin three-year-olds and I don't know if you can hear them singing the Paw Patrol theme song in the background, but that was the bribe is I get to do a podcast. They get to watch Paw Patrol and apparently it stopped for some reason. So if you heard noise and then a weird transition back into the podcast, that is why. So we were talking about the high passenger density urban transport, which is basically a van. Um, Elon Musk thinks uh, the buses are fair, pretty much going to go away and it's going to be a van that doesn't have an aisle. They go, the seats go all the way through. I guess it's going to have multiple doors. I'm having a really hard time imagining this thing. And uh, in my head, if, and this isn't, I don't have any reason to think this, but I'll tell you what I think look like. it looks like in my head. It looks like, um, like kind of like a high-tech uh Volkswagen bus with seats that go all the way across and you just slide in and the van takes you to your destination. That is um, the point of the, it's a fully automated van or slash bus that actually takes you to your destination rather than dropping you off at a specific point. You will have to be picked up at a specific point for now or if, in the foreseeable future, what Elon Musk thinks, because this isn't, this is obviously all just in his head, but uh, whatever usually ends up in Elon, Elon Musk's head typically becomes reality. So, um, like I said before, the guy's got a lot of credit, and I have no reason to believe that this won't happen. Um, let's see here. So, with the Tesla Semi, that's going to decrease cargo transportation costs and increase safety which we talked about before. Um, the other thing about with the bus is the bus driver will be a fleet manager. So it won't be, it'll be a fully autonomous vehicle and the bus driver will just manage the fleet of vehicles. And I don't know exactly how he's going to do that. I'm sure there'll be lots of complicated software, but uh, yeah, so that is that. And then autonomy. So right now we have self-driving cars and we have uh, the guy back east who passed away because of 
Um, he was using uh, autopilot on his vehicle. Uh, the National Highway Transportation Safety Board has determined that he was speeding, but we don't know. You know, there's been some rumors that maybe he was using watching a movie or whatever. The The fact is none of that matters. Um, a car, and I don't know how many people uh, live or have been back east. I've only been back a couple of times, but they have highways. And then like on the west coast, mostly you have a freeway and you there's nobody coming across the freeway. It's everybody's going in the same direction. Unless, you know, there's a lunatic on the freeway. Everybody's going in the same direction and about the same speed. In the highways on the East Coast is cars can actually travel across those. Um, so the traffic may be going the same direction, same speed, and then a semi just kind of comes off or another vehicle comes across that. And this is what happened. The semi came across the, the road. I think the gentleman's name was Joshua Brown. He was on, uh, he was driving. Um, the sensors didn't pick it up, pick up the semi, and it just basically, he drove underneath the tractor trailer. So because of this, um, there's been a lot of stink about uh, Tesla calling it autopilot, which I have no problem with. Um, people are saying, well, autopilot makes you think that it'll do everything for you. Um, I don't know a lot about aviation, but when an, a pilot and I'm on an airplane and he puts on autopilot, I do not pretend, or at least I'm hoping <laughs> that he is, he's still, he's still paying attention. Um, the pilot is, or at least the co-pilot, one of the two of them is hopefully paying attention. Um, and so there's been a lot of call for the Tesla to either disable it or rename it. But the fact is that, um, and that's the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration, not board, by the way. Um, the fact is that in 2015, one in every 89 million miles w was a fatality. Uh, one accident in every 89 million miles was a fatality. And Tesla has gone something like 130 million miles before their first fatality. They call it, like I said before, I'm a firefighter. So the cold, hard truth of it is people are going to die in car accidents. Hopefully this technology that Tesla is doing will limit that and decrease it significantly. But it doesn't change the fact that people are going to die in car accidents. It happens. It is something, if you get in a car, you could die. If I get in a car with my wife and my twins, there is a chance that we could all get, you know, crushed by a, a semi or a bus or whatever, another vehicle, and we could all die. That is a risk that we take. And quite honestly, it's a risk I'm willing to take because I don't want to have a horse and buggy to try and get to California to take my kids to Disneyland. It would take way too long. I don't have that much vacation time. So um, autonomy is one of the other things on the list. So uh, let's see. Elon says, uh, Elon, like we're, we're pals. Uh, eventually all Tesla models will have self-driving hardware with the ability to continue driving even if your car software breaks and this is key now i'm not 100 honest like if something in your car breaks and the car will continue driving uh, i don't know if that means like a safe stop um this is he's talking about fully um autonomy in this particular quote so um i'm not going to pretend to understand that i 
I basically I think there's just redundancies in the 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 system. So if your car breaks and it's driving itself, it's not going to just stop. It'll you know get to where it's going and safely not get towards going. It'll get to a safe spot and stop. Let's see here. And then we talked about autopilot. Sorry, take a drink here. Um, autopilot is important. It won't get better unless there's testing on wide scale. And this is why I'm okay with it because the faster we get to that 10 times um, safer than people goal that Elon Musk has, the safer my kids are going to be when it's their age, when it, when they're of the age of driving. So I am totally fine with this as far as I'm concerned. By the time my kids are old enough to drive and there is no steering wheels or anything in any car, because it's got to be every car, I'm fine with that. doesn't bother me one little bit. I would rather not um, have dead children and uh, rather than them have the feel the have the feeling of driving so uh, the other thing he talked about was sharing um, so when regulators approve true self-driving cars that means like um, the car can you can summon the car from anywhere in the world and then once you get in the car you can either sleep read watch a movie or whatever and the car is 100% doing everything then they can do uh, like a Tesla shared fleet. And you can put your car into the fleet when you're not using it, when you're at work, if you go to the air, uh, if you go on a vacation or whatever, and you can put your car into the fleet and it will just drive people around wherever they want to go and you'll earn a little bit of money to help pay for your lease or your car payment or whatever. Which I think... I think this is neat. This is not something I would use because I don't, I can't guarantee that someone's not going to smoke in my car or, you know, throw up in my car or whatever. But for me, like, um, I work 48 hours at a time. So there's really no reason, like, I could take the car to my work, have the car come home and stay with my wife so she can go and do her stuff. And then when I'm ready, I can summon the car back to my work. So really, we might even only need one car, which is cool. That's awesome. And then my wife, when she goes to work, because we work opposite schedules, when she goes to work, you know, she can do the same thing. I can summon the car back, drive the kids wherever they need to go, games and whatever. And then when she's done, uh, or when she's ready to come home, she can summon the car back. The problem is, is I don't, like, if everybody's doing that, I, I kind of foresee like a lot more traffic with nobody in the car. You know what I mean? There's going to be a lot more people on the road or a lot more cars on the road with nobody in there. And if I'm on the road and there's nobody in the cars and we're good or traffic jam because of all this stuff, but who knows? Apparently Elon Musk says that won't happen. So I'll believe him for now. Um, but if I go to the airport, I hate paying airport parking. That is a pet peeve of mine. We went to Hawaii like in May and we paid like $180 in airport parking. That's ridiculous. And it was out, it was like, there wasn't, we didn't even do under the, the, uh, like covered parking. It was out in the sun. It was, I don't know. It was just, it's ridiculous. I hate paying that much money. But, uh, you know, you got kids with car seats. It's really difficult to get them into a cab or whatever. And then on top of that, there was a total of five of us going. So, I would have had to pay for two cabs or 
two van rides or whatever, two Ubers. So it was just, we just went that way because it was easier. Um, and then on when I'm on vacation, I don't have to rent a car. That's the other thing. Uh, when we went on a vacation recently, it wasn't Hawaii, um, but it was $700 to rent a car. 400 of that was a car and 300 of it was tax. It was like 450 and the rest was tax. That's ridiculous. Uh, airport tax. So we ended up uh, renting a car off, you know, away from the airport and just taking a cab to the hotel and then going to get the car, which ended up uh, being a pretty good deal for us. But uh, we ended up saving 300 bucks by doing that. But I don't want to do that. I want to get off. We got in the uh, airport at one o'clock in the morning. I want a car to pick me up and take me to my hotel so I can go to sleep. And that is it on Tesla's master plan part two. Man, this podcast was only supposed to be 20 minutes and I am sitting at 23 minutes and 40 seconds right now. So I'll try and rush through the Gigafactory. There's only a couple more pages here. Uh, if you go to Tesla's website, you can view uh, the master plan, but you can also view the video uh, that they did on the Gigafactory. The Gigafactory, I think it was on Saturday, last Saturday, uh, which would be like July 28th or 29th, something like that. Um, they did a uh, tour for special guests of the Gigafactory. And Elon Musk and another gentleman gave a little talk and that talk is on their website. So you can go to their website, tesla.com forward slash blog, I think is what it is. And you can watch the video if you want. But here are the highlights. Uh, first, Tesla's mission is to accelerate the world's transition to sustainable energy. So if you look at the uh, acquisition acquisition of Solar City, you look what they're doing with the solar wall and the cars, this is all like very clear, makes sense, right? Um, Elon Musk is taking, and his team, you can't give him credit without giving his team credit. They are looking at the way production is working, the way um, people have been building cars, you, you name it. Their whole business, they've looked at that and they're trying to turn it on its head and come up with a better way, which, quite frankly, I applaud. So the Gigafactory... Uh, will help accomplish this mission at scale. Currently, the current Gigafactory that's there, which is huge, the current Gigafactory is 14% of what the total size will be. So that's one-seventh of the total size. So this thing is going to be massive. It's uh, in Reno, or right outside of Reno. It'll, um, it'll produce, let's see, I think the total production once it's all built out will be 150 gigawatt hours of output that's like total production a year and that'll pr produce enough batteries to help at scale to keep costs low for things like the model 3 model x and you know their other vehicles and hopefully the the tesla wall uh they didn't mention anything about that but i don't see why they wouldn't um the gigafactory will produce uh lithium ion more lithium ion batteries than all of the other factories in the world combined. So and, uh, more about that in a minute. Um, designed, uh, they designed the factory like a product, and we talked about that. And rather than buying off-the-shelf machines from a catalog, they kind of created their own 
machines to their own spec. And initially this is more money, but eventually it's going to reduce cost because what they're doing is building something like unlike building something in a way unlike anyone's built before. And in order to do that and keep costs low, they need to have these special tweaks. And I'm sure um, they're getting equipment that has been tweaked um, rather than built from the ground up. But I don't know, maybe there's some equipment that's built from the ground up. Um, the entire factory is in CAD. And it shows, like, if you don't know what CAD is, it's computer-aided drafting. And they showed a picture of it. And it is like they designed it kind of like a microprocessor. So there's not wasted space. And they use the word density, sorry. They use the word density a lot. And there is a lot packed into this building. It is impressive, a lot of machinery. And every duct, wiring, uh, machine, everything that's in the factory down to like uh, light lights, uh, light switches or electrical outlets, that is all in CAD which is pretty cool. Sorry, my wife's calling. And um, so that, I mean, that kind of helps them for A, for planning, but B, that helps them put as much as they can into the system without um, without waste. So there's not like an area that's really cramped and then an area over here that's got like five feet between uh, uh equipment and this area over here has two feet between equipment they they let them be very precise um and just like henry ford did their goal is to put raw materials in one side and then have battery packs come out the other and eventually elon musk said um it would have cars it makes more sense to have cars come out the other so what happens now i guess and i don't know any of this i'm just taking it by uh you know, from what uh, Elon Musk says is basically the Elon Musk, the lithium ion is uh, mined in this part of the world. And then it is sent to another part of the world to have some processes done. And then depending on what it's used for, it's sent to another part of the world. And then it might be sent to another part of the world. And every time it's shipped somewhere, the cost of that product goes up. So his plan, like I said, is to have all the raw materials come in one side and out the other side comes a battery pack and eventually a car. He says Gigafactory 2 will have um, uh, cars built as well as the battery packs. It'll all be built in one facility. The Gigafactory is 6 million square feet, which is uh, huge. Um, we have in my first do um, where I work, I have over, I have uh, quite a few buildings that are just over a million square feet, and those things are enormous. So six million square feet is really impressive. They have, uh, you can fit a hundred seven forty sevens in the side of this building, or fifty billion hamsters, which is uh, something that uh, got a good laugh. And also, uh, this building is second only to the Boeing factory in Seattle, and if you haven't seen like satellite pictures of the Boeing factory in Seattle, you should do a uh, Google map search because it is impressive. So in 2018, uh, this factory is going to produce 50 gigawatt hours a year. So what does that mean? Cause I didn't know what that means. Um, it'll sustain or it'll, um, that 50 gigawatt hours a year will give you about 5,000 electric cars, 500,000, I'm sorry, electric cars. 
And at full scale, the 150 gigawatt hours a year will give you one and a half million. So that's that's a pretty impressive number uh, once everything's up and running. But 50 million, just to give you an idea, uh, they brought up that in 2014, every lithium ion battery producer only produced 30 gigawatt hours for the year. So even if Tesla wanted to use off the parts or off the shelf parts to create their vehicles, which they don't want to do, um, and they're very specific as to why about that in the video. But even if they did that, they wouldn't be able to get enough batteries at scale to A, make it affordable, and B, hit the numbers of vehicles that they want to hit. So that lithium-ion output is really important, that 50 gigawatt hours. And that, that 50 gigawatt hour number is theirs. They don't have to share it. They don't have, I mean, they have to share the raw materials and things like that and the, the, the technology that it gets from raw material to battery. Um, but they don't have to, and I just realized I'm saying, um, an awful lot, but they don't have to, I'm not going to say, um, they don't have to, uh, share that 30 gigawatts with, you know, Apple or whoever is building a product that requires a lithium ion battery. Um, doubling the size of the current gigafactory, um, will need to be done to meet the need for the Model 3. And you can see on the video, they must have a drone that was panning out over the factory. There's already space mapped out on the ground where they've already started breaking ground of the second gigawatt factory, which, I mean, super impressive. Anyway, so this whole thing, um, I just wanted to go over those two things. I think that's a good foundation. If you're just learning about Tesla or if you already are kind of a Tesla nut, uh, that's a good way for us to start. Sorry. Uh, it's a good way for us to start the podcast. I think, um, I hope you liked it. I hope you enjoyed it. Here's some ways to get in touch with me. Um, Bodie, B O D I E at nine eighteen digital.com. That's my email address. The, uh, Twitter is nine eighteen digital. That's nine one eight digital, uh, numerals. And then the phone number uh, you can call and leave a message. And if you call and leave a message, even if you, if you email me and you're like, Hey, I, I have, you know, something to add or a question or whatever you want to do, I'll, I'll take some time out of the podcast and we'll, um, we'll put your email on the, on the air, air quotes. But also if you send me a voicemail, which you can do by calling this phone number, I will, uh, put that on unless it's full of profanities, I'll put that on the podcast. And then it helps me because now instead of just being a single person podcast, you guys are giving me feedback, um, bringing up good points, having, asking questions, I could research for you. Just, you know, that, the interaction, it's going to make it a better podcast. So call me at 918-401-0071. I don't answer that call. It's a Google voice number. But it is uh, set up for, um, oh, what is it? It's set up for voicemail. So call me, I'll download the voicemail and put it on the podcast. Again, that number is 918-401-0071. And hey, you know what? Thank you very much for downloading and listening to this podcast all the way to the end if you get to this point. I really appreciate it. And uh, 
yeah i will see you guys or talk to you guys next week have a good week